Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard dive into a topic that will challenge, encourage, and inspire you as you parent your teen. Let's listen in. Mark, is there a family in America that has not been affected directly or indirectly by divorce? I don't think there is. I mean, I was told when I was in the fourth grade to not hang out with Benny Stiegler. Why? You know why? Because his parents were divorced. Oh. Isn't that amazing? Oh. And, you, and you look at you what You couldn't say happened. that today, could oh, you? I know. You wouldn't have any friends. Uh, you'd be a loner. <laughs> you know, I mean, you'd just be hanging out by yourself all the time. But I was told never to hang out with him his parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. And and so I grew up that way. So, But now I don't know of too many people that have not been, you know, affected in one way by divorce. So today we're going to count the cost when it comes to our teens, when, when their mom and dad divorce, how does it really affect them? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think people realize that sometimes. They think, you know, it'd be better for us to be apart from each other than to be together and not share with kids what true love is. And I'm going... You know what? The separation of a mom and dad does amazing damage to kids. There was a young man that was with his name, Aaron, and uh, and I always ask kids the question, hey, when did your struggle start? And, uh, and this kid, in the midst of another group of kids, he said, uh, I think it all started when my parents got a divorce. Mm-hmm. And every kid in that room who had divorced families goes, that's when it started for me. I knew exactly what he meant. Absolutely. He said he got home one afternoon and and, uh, he was talking to his dad and his dad informed him that he and mom were getting a divorce and that he would see them every other weekend. Aaron said he didn't cry. He said it was kind of weird to not cry and break down sobbing. And then he made a statement that has stuck with me for years. He said this, instead of crying a whole bunch at once, I just cried one tear a day for the next eight years. Aaron recalled a time when he was 12 and his dad told him that they got to spend every other weekend together as if that was plenty of time. But Aaron said he was thinking, yeah, but that's only four or six days a month. If you ate only only six days a month, you'd be starving every other day. And so, I mean, here's, here's a kid. And, and one of the difficulties that this young man had was that he had some learning disabilities, enough that a teacher said this. She simply said, if you weren't so stupid, maybe you wouldn't be in trouble all the time. Oh. And this is what I want to read. It's just a paragraph. When Aaron came home that afternoon, he didn't mention a word about his teacher's comment. But he thought about it until he went to sleep that night and every night for the next few years. When he got home that afternoon, he didn't have a dad at home to counteract the negative influence of that unwise teacher. He didn't have a dad at home that afternoon to reaffirm the value of his son's life. He didn't have a dad at soccer practice that day to cheer him on and let him know that he was a good kid, that he had someone in his cheering section, and that he was loved at the time that he needed to hear those three words the most. He didn't have a dad at the dinner table that night to ask him how his day was, so he never had the opportunity to share what really happened that day. That day was a pivotal point in Aaron's life, and he lived through it all by himself. Mm -hmm. A dad would have known what to do. Instead of blurting out his hurt, 
He stuffed his feelings and allowed negative thoughts and words to control his thoughts and image of himself. At the very time that he's growing up and learning how to deal with life, Absolutely. that's what he has to Absolutely. deal with. Absolutely. You know, and this kid, th- th- it was no wonder that he got into drugs. You know, even when his mom got married you know, to a wonderful fella, an absolutely wonderful fella, um, the difficulty was that that the presence of another man in their home now caused Aaron to think about his dad and what he had lost every day. And that's a tough role for a step-parent. I mean, step-parenting next to single, you know, a single mom parenting, I think is one of the hardest roles uh, in any family. But that the loss was accentuated and shown to him every day. And so to get rid of what he's lost and what he thought he would have and thought what it could be, he started using drugs to escape, mm. which is a typical way that, that kids deal with things. They begin to self-medicate. It's sad, but not unusual story, it, is it? It's not unusual, and, and, and it is extremely sad. And people say, well, drugs are really the issue. And I say, no, it's really not. There's hurt that never was dealt with. Perhaps it's called grief that a child goes through when they begin to understand what they have lost, what's been taken away from them, and all of their dreams are shattered as well. Of course, we'd like to see divorce prevented, but given the reality that perhaps there's been a divorce in your family, what can we do now to lessen the impact or to help the grieving process with our team? Absolutely. You know, one of those things is to work for inclusion rather than exclusion. If you have a spouse that is that is really causing a lot of problems and, and or maybe you're one that is causing all the problems in a divorce and you're trying to use a child to pawn in between oh. you and your ex. You haven't you seen that happen time and oh, time again? It happens all the time. I'm just going, you've got to give it up and let it go. Or postpone it until your child grows through these times. Quit being negative. Quit trying to start fights and back off. Quit being so intimidating. And if you are the one that's the brunt of this intimidation, stop it. Whether that means you just block a phone or you get a restraining order, stop it because it's affecting your child in some way. And so work for inclusion rather than exclusion. And when a divorce splits a family, a child's life splits and they feel left out. And so somewhere you've got to make them feel a part of what is going on. How much should uh, mom or dad share in terms of the mistakes that were made in the marriage with the teenager? I think those will come in due time. You know, I mean, they they always show up and, and a lot of kids already know what's gone yeah. on because they, they could see it. They could write the book in the, oh, themselves, couldn't they? They could, and they've heard it, and they've listened to it for a while. But I think it's it's best to leave it alone and not speak negatively, you know, of of your ex. But at some point when they get in their 14-, 15-year-old uh, age, I think at some point you start sharing some things that things weren't so good, they didn't go well, because you don't want them to live uh, in this world of, of absence of information where they come up with their own. Because when... When you as a spouse decides to get remarried, it's going to bring it all back up again. Do you share with your teen that perhaps you were at fault yourself? And, Absolutely. And how open are you? Absolutely. I, you know, I, I tell parents all the time, you've got to share where you have made the mistakes. And that is a lot more important than sharing where your ex has made their mistakes. If everybody would just step up and admit, this is where I blew it. I don't care what it was that you blew and, and what went wrong. I think they have got to share those things so that their child knows that they were a part of the damage of everything that happened. You mentioned how difficult it is to be a step-parent. Uh, what, do, uh, what do you do in a divorce situation when there is a new parent in the equation? 
You know, that's tough. I mean, because now you have discipline issues and a child that says, you're not my dad or you're not my mom or you can't tell me what to do. You know, and and really the bigger issue is that when a mom or a dad gets married, what it's doing is signifying to that child that the fantasy that they have, if that if mom and dad would just get back together, then mm-hmm. they'd be okay. Not going to happen. It's never going to happen. And so really, the the excitement and the joy for somebody getting married is being matched at times with the death of a dream, the death of hope that mom and dad would get back together. And so that's why you see a lot of kids not getting excited about mom getting remarried or dad getting remarried. Have you heard? Mark Gregston has launched a new podcast, and it's called I Mustache Mark a Question. This new weekly Q&A show is exclusively available on Apple Podcasts with a subscription fee of $2.99 a month or $29.99 a year. Just search for Heartlight on Apple Podcasts, and you'll find both this free podcast, Parenting Today's Teens, as well as the new subscription-based Q&A one. It's more great parenting advice from Mark Gregston on I Mustache Mark a Question. Go check it out. Okay, now back to today's show. Mark, uh, one point I know you make in the book, when uh, parents get a divorce, it's going to affect their teens, and maybe you can sort of mitigate some of that if you just get even more involved in your kid's life, right? You know, I think you can get more involved in the lives of your kids to make up for some of the mistakes that have been made. It's not going to fix everything. It's not going to fix it, but you're, you're spending time correcting that which you uh, may have caused somewhat. Mm. And so you don't get to spend time doing what you could have been doing had you not caused the problems. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I see a lot in those divorced families is the kids perhaps are not as mature in their relationship with parents as they need to be. And the tendency is that these kids move into a relationship that's more of a friend relationship rather than a parent relationship. And, and, I, and I say that solely because kids need direction and guidance. And so they don't need another friend. They need a mom and they need a dad. They don't need somebody to just be there occasionally. They need somebody that can convey to them, I will be with you always. I will always be there. And and I always encourage families, stick with your child. You know, go through it. Well, I just can't stand living with this woman anymore. I can't stand living with this man. And I'm going, try to think of a way that you can so you don't cause further damage in the life of your child. Limit the damage of a divorce to the mom and dad. I mean, it's a damaging situation, but, but, but don't let it spread to your kids. At some point, you've got to say, you know what, I'm not going to let it move to that, that point. I, There's just something I I implored a family a couple of weeks ago. They said they hated one another. I said, your daughter is a sophomore in high school. Can you just hate one another for another two years and live together? And during that time, will you promise me that you just go to counseling? Sure. Well, they are going to counseling now. And they they finished it three days ago. They finished their first counseling session. And, and I called the father and I said, how'd it go? He goes, it was miserable, <laughs> but we're going back next week. Good for them. You know, and so I go, sometimes the bailout 
isn't always the answer. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. There's always a silver lining to things. Let it hang in there a little bit. Stick with it and get to the other side. When I hear you say that, I think immediately of what the world's advice would be. It runs contrary. You know, don't worry about the kids. The kids will be okay. Lots of kids' parents get divorced. Go ahead. Don't stay together just because of your kids. You know, and and I can't think of a better reason to stay together than for the sake of your kids. I mean, sons need their moms. Daughters need their dads. Sons need their dads and daughters need their moms. You know, there's a part of me that says you may not like the idea of being together, but it is something that you have created and, and the impact of it is great. And you know that I'm always going to take the side of kids yes. to try to protect them. I, I mean, I will always you, right? do that. And, and I know what Scripture says about divorce. God I hates mean, it. Yeah, God hates it. And at the same time, but I know that he loves my son who went through a divorce. He loves my two sister-in-laws who went through a divorce. And he loves my brother and my sister who went through a divorce. And I'm sure that if I went through a divorce, which I'm not, that that he would still love me. And, and between hating what they've done and loving them is something that's key. And I understand all that, but there's a bigger part of it that I go, there's another element that people don't think of. And it's the rippling effect of a divorce that ripples out and touches the lives of other people. And I'm just saying, just wait, spend some time, you know, since you've had kids and you've taken on that responsibility, carry it a step further to be responsible for those kids as a couple together, unless it is something that is so out of control that nobody can survive. I appreciate your stand on that, Mark. Um, Tell you what, here's an email, and you can reach us with your questions through our website, parentingtodaysteens.org. This listener says, we are divorced parents. Our son has played us against each other for years. His father gave up all financial and parental rights when the children were young, and I continued to allow him to come in and out of their lives. I've also had my share of mistakes as well, but my son just seems to want to do what he wants to do as if he's had no discipline. I will take any advice you have to offer. Yeah, you know what? It looks like other people have done what they've just wanted to do. And I think a son picks up on those things and says, you know what? I've been trained to do this. wonder where he got that idea. Yeah. Now, if this kid is 14 years old, you've got a problem. If he's 17 or 18, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. A 14-year-old, you can go and sit down and spend some time talking and saying, look, I've made mistakes. I've, uh, I understand that, that things have not been right. I want to make things right and move in a positive direction, but we can't live like this anymore. And you implore them to do that and make some changes for that to happen. But that's part of the rippling effect that I'm talking about. I'm just not talking about making mistakes. It's, 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 a, it, it's more of a decision that was made that changes the destiny of people and doesn't allow people to get back together, that splits families forever, that, that are not going to come back. And I think that's the bigger issue for me is that it, it impacts kids to, to such a degree that we're going to have problems. And some of those problems you're not going to be able to solve. Maybe this parent can go back to what we talked about earlier, admitting fault. In the situation. Absolutely. You know, there's something about when you admit fault that people have the opportunity to move towards you, but you also give them license and start admitting fault as well. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. 
Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.